All right, episode 49 of Catching a Buzz is here. And goddamn, Whitey, the U.S. is good at soccer again. It's so, like, as a guy, I, I know not many people in this country. It's not, it's not a well-developed sport in this country. I fucking love soccer. And the World Cup, for me, is almost bigger than most things. And I'm excited to have a team that can actually compete now. See, I, I think you got to backtrack because you use the term again. They... And, like, women's team been good for a long time. Yes, they very good for a long time. Good. When was the, like, was the men's team good at some point? Uh, well, we, not very good, but, like, for our standards, we made the World Cup for 40 straight years. And then we lost it, so, like, we're kind of back, you know? We didn't get in last World Cup, so we're kind of yeah. back. No, that, it's kind of funny. I was thinking, uh, after watching the game that we're about to talk about, like, for me, I've been on like all right. So like the first World Cup I watched was uh, 2014. Oh really? Okay. And then it's just been like 2014 was a bum year. Well, I was gonna say like I've been on an eight year cycle, but I can't really say that because like I'm kind of getting into it now again, and it's been eight years. But like I only got, I've only been into it one other time. Yeah. And no, the other yeah. time the U- U.S. didn't make it, so I was like. Why would I care about, like, I just didn't care about the Men's World Cup if the U.S. men's team wasn't in it. No, yeah, it makes complete sense. Um, If you don't know the game we're talking about, the U.S. just won the CONCACAF Nations League um, for the first time. The first time the tournament's ever been hosted. Um, There was qualifying back a year ago, year and a half ago. That was the pool play and everything. They played their last two games, uh, the semis and the finals, over the past week or so. Um, they beat Hon- uh, the U.S. men's team beat Honduras one to nothing in the semis on a late goal. Uh, I think it was 90th minute goal, and then they beat Mexico in overtime three to two in the finals. Um, I can't remember the last time we beat Mexico, and I also can't remember the last time that the U.S. won a trophy. I don't think it's ever happened in my lifetime. They might have won some bullshit trophy against a bunch of Caribbean teams, but like we just talked about, the U.S. Um, had a chance to qualify for the World Cups four years ago, and uh, they lost to Trinidad and Tobago on a. F- All they had to do that's was a, fucking. That's how you pronounce it. Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. How would you pronounce it? Tobago. Oh no, it can't be Tobago. Why not? I'd never heard Tobago before. I've never heard Tobago. Huh. My like my whole life, I've just heard Trinidad and Tobago. I've always said Trinidad and Tobago. Huh. Tobago, Tobago. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Either way, the U.S. failed to qualify for the last World Cup. Probably um, the most disappointed I've been. Okay, that's a that's a very hard stretch and a hundred percent a lie. But it was the worst seeing all these teams fucking compete for a World Trophy that the U.S. doesn't even have a chance at because we lost to those bums in the middle of a monsoon. Yeah. No. I mean. This was the first soccer game I... And an exciting one. Like, a bunch of shit happened where normal not-soccer fans would love it. Oh, and that was me. Like, I was on... So, I was watching uh, hockey on Sunday night, and I think NBA... I was, like, flipping between NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and that was kind of what I was set on doing. Yeah. Well, then I saw Twitter blowing up strictly about soccer... And the Mayweather-Paul fight. <laughs> so I was like, damn, like, I did not think I was the only one that was going to be watching NBA tonight. But yeah. apparently. <laughs> so, 
like I turn on the soccer game and we're down one nothing. Yep, that was early, right? It was the second minute of the game. And then Gio Reyna, Gio Reyna scores, ties it up. Yep. And I had missed that because I was like, oh, we're already down one. Not like, yeah. what is everybody freaking out about? Yeah. So I missed that, and I turned it in probably like the 40th minute, 35th minute maybe. And, like, it goes into halftime, and I was like, okay, that was that was 10 minutes of soccer is what yeah. that was. Yeah, it's good enough. But I was like, you know what? Like, as little knowledge as I have, I know we should not, like, theoretically not be competing in this game. Yep. And we are. So I'm going to watch the second half. So I was like finding, uh, I was like reading tweets of the Mayweather-Paul fight. I, I would never illegally stream a fight. You know? Never. never. would never watch somebody's Twitter live stream. No. Of it. That's not uh, That's not ethical. So I wasn't doing wait, that. Wait, wait. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I saw a dude live streaming on Twitch. He was watching the fight on his computer and he was wearing sunglasses so you could see the reflection. And that he had like 40,000 people tune into his stream. It was. Did, did he not get shut down? No, because it was in his reflection. They couldn't do nothing about it. Damn. It was three billion IQ. That is that smart. Yeah. Because like you know you always. What I've heard when people try to illegally stream. Yeah. An this event, is this is all speculation. We've never never done it. I've ourselves. heard from a source, is that like you get it? You get like five minutes of it, and then that one gets shut down. Mm-hmm. Then you spend another couple minutes finding a new one. That one, that one's going well. A bunch of other people start watching. It gets busted. The and word gets, gets out. Down. You're kind of fucked, from what I've heard. What? All right. Before I get back into what was <laughs> happening in the soccer game, how does that like? How do? Is there just like interns for like whatever promotion it is? Like scroll, like just Google searching like has stream to be something of like the that. fight or event, and they just to click be a link like and that. shut it down. No fucking clue, but it has to be something like that because who's gonna spend the time to go delete thirty? Or, like, close to probably a hundred different streams about this fucking fight. Within, like, minutes. Yeah. Well, and then one last thing. The other thing, too, is, like, I also read when I was um, hypothetically looking into where you could watch this fight. Actually, I think I just saw this one on, like, TikTok or something. This is this this one is completely factual, what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I saw, like, that you can go, if you click on certain links, it'll, like have you sign up for it and like it says it's all free and everything you just yeah. have to make an account to watch mm-hmm. and then i think like i what i read or like saw what they do with that is it's actually just like like some third party making that so you like sign up so then they can track in the future like oh if they like so then they have an easier way to see like oh phil olson's account is watching something on like a weird website that probably means he's watching the fight, and that's how they can like then go in huh. and find him. That's weird. It was really weird, but like we were saying, uh, so it's in the second half. Uh, I mean, you probably could tell it better than I can. Mexico scores. Yep, goes up two one. Yeah, I, I let it be known I wasn't watching the soccer game uh, solely because I do not have access to that channel. I think it was CBS, CBS Sports. Sports. I don't have access to that one. It sucked. Uh, Whitey offered to live stream the last couple or FaceTime the last couple of minutes with me. I said no because I was so entranced in the Twitter talk because I was getting updates from pretty much everybody. I turned on my notifications for like that hour where it's towards the end of the game for like different people that were tweeting about the game. But yeah, I didn't watch. They went down 2 1. They come back. McKinney, right? Yep, Weston McKinney with a header. Yep, that, that was I was hyped when I saw yep. that. 
So then, like, by this point, I was really into it. And I was like, okay, got to remind myself, like, nothing may happen for quite some time. Yes, you have to be patient. And, like, yeah, you don't want to get too amped up because you're going to get burned out. Mm -hmm. Very easy. Well, then it goes into, what, stoppage time. Yep. And then, which I think is, like, do do anybody but the ref actually know, like, when the game's going to end? Yeah, so on that board that they use for substitutions... They show the stoppage and everyone kind of glances over at it every now and then. But it, but the game doesn't stop when that time ends. No, it's ref's discretion. He just so like so like say there's four minutes of stoppage time, it could be like four and a half minutes after it should or four and a half minutes after the ninety minutes, and somebody could be like in the box about to score. So like whenever there's like a anybody's in like the midfield or like nothing's really happening. Then it stops, but if there's like a, a corner kick and it's already 45 seconds past the actual time, they're gonna let, they're it, gonna go. let it play on. Yeah. So they kind of give you like one last like scoring chance yep. before. All right. So stoppage time ends. It goes into extra time, right? Yeah. Extra 30 minutes. Two halves of 15 minutes. Which I think is weird that they just put the clock back to 90. Yeah, it's weird, but like I get it because technically stoppage to... time isn't like official. Yeah. But it's just it's just weird, like, oh, we were in the 95th minute, and now we're in the 90th. Yep. Uh, U.S. gets a, also getting into that. Didn't know they had replays in soccer. Uh, it is very controversial. It happened. It got introduced in 2018 or 2019. It's this thing called VAR, Video Assisted Referees. Uh, 98% of the soccer world hates it uh, because they get the calls wrong. Still 100% of the time, even though they replay the shit. Um, nobody likes it. Nobody wants it. They're trying to protest it. Uh, yeah, VAR, no to VAR. See you later. Okay, so they go to replay, and it turns out the uh, U.S. soccer uh, savior, if you will, Christian Pulisic. Pulisic. Oh, damn it. Yeah. See, that was me trying to be smart. No, and, yeah. Like, just, assume yep, that assume they, the C is a shh. Uh-huh, yeah. but no, but just a kick. No, uh, word around town, people are calling him Captain America nowadays just because he, he's the first American to do anything in soccer. Gets uh, fouled in the goalie box. They go to review. Ref comes out and makes an electric call <laughs> to say that it was a penalty. They have to do. They have to wave their hands in a square motion to tell everyone, "Hey, we went to the replay to show it." And, and it's then like, they like do. And then he slams the hand down. Penalty kick, and it's like you. Th- that's the highlight of his entire life. U.S. fans that- were going nuts. Uh, I, you know, hey, can't prove this. It's believed that Mexico fans started throwing things onto the field. Believed. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, I got to kind of fix all that. Nails the penalty kick. Upper 90, top titty. Let's go, Christian. I'm not sure. And, you know, maybe I'm... But, I like, I'm not sure it was humanly possible to block that penalty. No, no it's it, physically impossible. Yeah, 100%. Because it was, like, at the very top of the net, which is, yeah. what, like, eight feet up? Yeah. Most guys go down low to the corners, bottom left, right corner. Um... But if you can go top and be confident with it, it's never going to get stopped in the entire life of, of yeah, soccer. Yeah, so sneaks it in there. We go up and, like, again, I just assumed, like, oh, there's not a lot of scoring in soccer. That's going to be the game winner. Yeah, like, there's no way that the game continues on after that. Yeah. Like, I thought it was sudden death, like, hockey overtime. Like, you score, that's it. Well, they used to do golden goal and shit, which is the same thing as hockey scoring. Turns out I was wrong. 
the game kept playing. Yep. I was very confused for a couple <laughs> minutes because I was like fist pumping. Yeah, let's go. It was like 11 o'clock at night <laughs> on a Sunday, and I'm just in, in my living room. <laughs> Hyped about U.S. soccer. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, what was it? Mexico gets a free kick or a corner kick? Uh, it was a free kick, I believe. Free kick. They don't do anything with it. It goes out. Would have either been a corner kick for Mexico or a goal kick for us. But then here comes the replay. Here comes the official with the VAR signal with his hands. And says, we're going to the booth. And um, it took me like, it took me almost the whole review to figure out what they're reviewing. Oh, yeah. Even with the announcers saying, like, this is what they're looking at. And I think this might have been a makeup call for earlier calls in the game. If you watch the game, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, they call the handball in the box. Uh handballs are only called handballs if you like extend your arm out to try to make your they kept using this phrase to make your silhouette bigger so that you have a better chance at making contact with the ball that's what they called they said the he tried to make his silhouette bigger um i do not believe that happened i think he was just fucking playing soccer and it happened to hit his arm but that's what they ruled mexico gets a fucking free kick uh penalty kick from from i think it's eight yards out 10 yards out, somewhere around there. Yeah, and uh, we also forgot to mention this penalty kick in like the 123rd minute. Yeah, overtime plus stoppage. Was against our backup goalie <laughs> who was only in because of an injury to our starter. Yeah, earlier. our starter who's a stud, plays in the British Premier League. Gets English hurt. Premier League, sorry. Gets hurt. We got this backup in who looked like, I mean. He looked like Gumby. And he looked like Gumby. He looked like he was going to throw up the entire oh, time he God. was in. And, you know, as a fellow uh, pregame puker myself, I oh, can respect that. Yeah, I heard a story or two from you. But, like, he, he looked like he usually, for at least for me, as much of a world-class athlete as I was. Yeah. That went away after, like, that. he looked like he was going to throw up until they won the game. Yes, agreed. So, uh, oh, the Avalanche just scored with like 0.8 seconds left in Jesus the first Christ. period. Let's go. Um, <clears throat> nope, disagree. Go Knights. Um, Eighth looks like he's going to throw up, but I'm thinking there is like penalty sh- kicks are already, I feel like, impossible to stop. Yep. It's just if you guess where they're going correctly or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes in, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to uh, penalty kicks af- like after he makes this. Stops it. Electric. I got even more hyped than when Pulisic got the goal. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Then there was a couple shoving matches. More More bottles being tossed from the stand. And and to be fair, we don't know which fan base it was because they were hitting both players. Yeah, they were hitting both Both teams. Both players got hit by bottles and cups and everything they were throwing. So, we don't know which fan base it was. There were multiple. There were there were two fan bases in the stands, so and, we don't know. Yeah, you know, people could argue that they were coming from like one side, but but you could sprinkle a couple fans of each side in each section. Yeah, you, you don't never know. know. You never know. Uh, but yeah, U.S. won the game. Most excited I have ever been about a soccer. This is probably the first time I've ever talked about a soccer yeah. game. Forty-eight hours after the fact. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited for uh, for you to watch them from World Cup qualifying. Yeah, I, I still got to do more figuring out, like, how that works. I did a little bit of Googling how, like, we're going to make it to, like, the, uh, like, if we do well in, like, some pool play, we'll be in. And then, like, the team that gets fourth in pool play just has to beat the winner, just has to beat the winner of, like, what's the, essentially the qualifying tournament type yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so, the, or the, 
North America gets three automatic bids, um, a fourth if they can beat some other teams. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I'm excited to watch that. Uh, people are talking about World Cup 2026. Uh, 2022 is a bit of a stretch because our team is so young. But 2026 at home, it's a joint bid between Canada, U.S., and Mexico to host the World Cup um, on home turf. Our team's going to be in our prime. Like 98% of our guys that will contribute the playing time will be 26 through 29 years old, which is where you want to be for a World Cup, World Cup team. I'm fucking pumped. Just excited to watch this World Cup and hopefully make a run. I mean, like in this 2022 World Cup in Qatar, it's all about just, first of all, gaining experience for the young guys. But second of all, like balls to the walls. Who gives a shit if you lose? You're not supposed to win this early, which I'm excited about. Yeah, when I was uh, driving today, I was listening to uh, some sports talk radio and they were interviewing the U.S. head coach for the men's national team. Uh, he is kind of a bum, but we won with him, so we're going to keep him. And he pretty much said, like, your same sentiment. Like, all these guys are super young, and they've been playing well in Europe for, like, their, you know, whatever team, like, club teams. And so, like, he told them, look, this is, like, this game against Mexico is going to be way different than anything you've ever had to play before. Yep. And, like, yeah, pretty much just, like, ball out. Yeah. Like, who cares? Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm excited to kind of see what U.S. soccer can do. Not going to say that um, I'll be in. I'll probably be into the World Cup next year. Yeah. And then not watch probably any soccer until 2025. Qualifying. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'll be back in. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, still growing the game. Yeah. Hey, that's one. That's like one-eighth of a fan more. Exactly. For the world's most popular sport. <laughs> yep. Uh, going on to America's... Uh, Probably the least most popular sport now. But it, it is to be America's a, pastime. It is America's pastime, but it's struggling right now because the MLB is fucking idiots about the way they market their sport. Uh, the Brewers are fucking hot right now. 9-1 in their last 10. 33-26 uh, overall. First place in the NL Central. Um, it feels good to be back because we were down in the, in, the, in the dumps a little bit. The Cubs and Cardinals were battling it out. Uh, middle of May for the first place spot in the NL Central. Brewers came back. They look great right now. Pretty much what we've said the past, I don't know, month and a half. Pitching great. Hitting, starting to come along, but still struggling a little bit. Um, it It's so awesome to watch that fucking triple header. Peralta, Woodruff, and uh, fucking Burns. Burns. It's awesome to watch. They've been balling out. They're all top five ranks in the NL for each of the pitching categories you care about um it's been awesome to watch this these past 10 games yeah no it's uh and i gotta shout out that dude vogelbach big man big man at first base big man on campus gotta love seeing him but yeah it's been exciting to watch the brewers pick it up i also i was looking ahead at kind of the june schedule we do not play we a play series bumps. yeah don't play a series with a winning record until against we play a team the, with the winning record. or yeah against a team with a winning record until the Cubs at the end of the month. We end June against the Cubs. We got the Reds like twice. Yep. The Pirates twice. We got the Rockies again. We got the Diamondbacks again. Yep. It's going to it's gonna be a stretch where... Going to hey, need to hey, get wins. Yeah, you're going to need to stretch your lead a little bit in that out central because once uh, July rolls around, we're going to start getting into the better teams. We're going to play the Cardinals and the Cubs a lot more. Um but yeah, I'm super excited to see what this team can do within this within this month of June because if they play the same way they've been playing, it's gonna be 
It's going to be a race for for a top NL spot if if the Brewers can keep, stay hot. Well, and the other thing about trying to get a lead and get some wins going now while we're playing these lower teams is it's not going to be easy to get that that second NL wild card spot. No, not I mean, at all. Even if you know you assume the Giants are probably going to fall off yeah. at some point, whether they do or not, the Padres are going to have a great record. The Dodgers are going to have a great record. And if the Giants stick around and compete, yeah, it's going to be really tough to get a wild card spot if you're not in the NL West. Yep. So gonna have, not gonna have to win the NL Central, but that might be the easiest route to make the playoffs. Yeah, it probably will be, especially because um, you know in end of August we're not going to be able like you can control your destiny when you're playing your division and mm-hmm. you're going for the division. I don't really want to have to sit and bank on the Padres or Dodgers losing. Yeah, I agree. Um, some bad news for the Brewers. Uh, actually, some pretty much minor league news for the Brewers. Kesson Hira heads back down to Nashville to play for the Sounds. Um, he went 2-for-29 in his most recent stint in the in the big leagues. It's tough. It's a tough thing to watch. Um, he had a double the other day. I think it was Sunday. Doubled off the center field wall. That, that must have felt good for him. But right after that game, he gets sent back down. It's just a struggle for him at the plate right now. Um, this this thing they're talking about right now is is his big leg kick. He 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 kind of came to fame with that big leg kick for every single pitch he swung swung at um, in the minor leagues because he was hitting the ball well. But they're they're thinking that it's a contact issue right now. Maybe the big leg kick is is a part of that. So we'll see if they retool that down there. If they do end up switching switching up that leg kick, he's going to be down there for month and a half, two months, easy. Yeah. It's going to be a long stretch for him. He might even be end up being a September call up at the end of the day. We'll see what happens. I hate to see him struggling, but we got some good news in the minor leagues as well. Aaron Ashby, if you guys pay attention to Brewers Brewers baseball or any Brewers beat writers, he's been killing it, and I mean absolutely dominating Triple A baseball right now. He looks great. He, uh, if you don't know, he's a starting pitcher. Um, absolutely electric stuff down there in Nashville, and he's moved to the bullpen now. Uh, you might question that a little bit, but they're preparing for him to be called up to the big leagues. This is a move that um, Devin Williams did, Josh Hader did, Brandon Woodruff did. They all moved to the bullpen after their their electric starts in Nashville, which means hey, he's coming up soon, and we're hoping he's taking those same strides as those guys did because they've been awesome. He'll be a starter in the big leagues one day, but they're going to start him out in the major league bullpen, maybe an extended relief pitcher, maybe coming in when a guy struggles through four and and he's able to pick up two or three innings there. Um, I'm excited about it. I haven't watched too much film on him, but I heard his stuff is nasty. He looks really good from what I've seen. I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's always, you know, it's nice because for a while the talk has kind of been how bad the uh, Brewers minor like farm system has been because we've given up so much over the past couple of years to try right. and make runs. So like it's nice to be able to see like hey, chances are it's probably not as bad because there are going to be guys that just kind of pop up and turn out. Yeah, uh, I do have a general baseball discussion question for you. Okay. So uh, there's all the talks in the last couple of years how the MLB juiced the balls so guys could hit better, hit more yep. home runs. Well, now there's kind of uh, – and I'm not really seeing any, like, you know, ESPN talking heads talk about it. Yep. 
what I'm seeing a lot of is a lot of people noticing like, hey, it seems like a lot of pitchers are using some kind of substance. Kind of get a dirty ball going. Have you seen any of that? Yeah. Um, I saw this actually in college baseball. I saw a Twitter video the other day about um, just blatant use of a substance. And they had the umps check on the glove and they like padded the spot where it was the substance was. You could tell every before every pitch he was going to that fucking part of the glove to reach and get a couple fingers on it. Um, it just seems like the way that MLB is trending, they like these strikeout cams of all these balls tailing away and stuff um i got a lot to say about the ball as well they deadened the balls i think we talked about that before i'm not sure if it was with you maybe it was on with with a couple buddies of mine i'm not sure um they're doing mlb does some shady stuff whatever gets the the views on the not only social media but gets fans intrigued by all this shit uh i i've seen a lot of problems and they and they addressed them a little bit they said hey if you get caught with a substance, it's a 10-game penalty for starting pitchers, which is huge. Um, and we've seen some numbers start to start to rise a little bit after they introduced that rule. I know Garrett Cole struggled in his first start after uh, after that rule was implemented, and they said, hey, 10 games. Uh, that could be coincidence, but it's the first time he's allowed more than four hits in a game in, well, in and what two else months. I, what else I saw with that was the, uh, was the spin rate and, you know, um, you maybe you knew about this, maybe you didn't. I definitely didn't think about it. That the spin rate you get on a ball is not just something that like having an off day would drop as much as it did for him, which kind of also yeah. is more evidence. Like he was using something, on every single pitch, his spin rate was down like 500 RPM or yeah. something like that. Some ridiculous, yeah. Which like everybody's saying like that's not just having an off day. Mm-hmm. That's like. You had an advantage, mm-hmm. and you took that advantage away. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I mean, the MLB likes to talk a lot of talk, and then they don't back anything up, a.k.a. the fucking Astros. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to be anything major, especially to a star like that. I think, um, at worst, he's going to go in, go into the locker room after a game. They're going to give him a little slap on the wrist and then say, hey, you're a face of baseball. Do it. Right, like, give us ten grand, and we're going to sit you for... Yeah. One start. Yeah, maybe a start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. MLB is one Not of Not let you in the dugout for your four <laughs> off days. MLB is a shady organization. Nobody's denying that. We'll see what happens, though. Um, a sport that doesn't deal with spin rate quite as much, the NBA. The Bucks stink. Well, they don't stink, but you know what I'm saying. They're down to the Nets, 2-0. The first game, understandable. That's how I thought the whole series was going to go in Brooklyn. And then they implode on themselves in the second game the nets can't miss it sucks to watch yeah i wouldn't like are the bucks playing great no you get beat by 39 it's not just the other team being on yeah but yeah the, like everybody on the nets is like over 50 percent from three everybody on the bucks is like 30 They're, or less the nets are a 50 40 90 club in the playoffs the whole team yeah. the whole team is 50 40 90 yeah, the only way we have a shot is if that stops. Well, also, the only way we have a shot is if Coach Bud's ass doesn't put us in a zone against the hottest shooting team in the NBA. What a fucking ridiculous call. If you weren't watching the game on yesterday, I guess Monday, um, and towards the end of the second quarter, we were already down 25, hovering around the 20 to 25 range, and uh, they're just shooting the lights out. I mean, Kevin, can't, Kevin Durant can't miss, Kyrie can't miss, and... What do we do? We go into a fucking 2-3 zone. 
First of all, easiest zone to shoot out of. Second of all, what are you doing in a zone if you can't stop them shooting man to man? Like I, I get switching up to <clears throat> switching it up to give them a different look, but you can't go to zone. You cannot go to zone. You can switch ball screens at the top of the key, but you can't go to fucking zone. What is this bum doing? He's never been able to win in the playoffs. I told everybody two years ago and last year, if he doesn't start winning in the playoffs, he's gone. He needs to be gone. Yeah, definitely coaching for his job. Uh, I don't want to point out the obvious because it is very obvious. Uh, next game, must win. Must you win. You go down 3-0 and the stat immediately comes up that nobody's ever came back from a 3-0 deficit. Yep. And even if you take that stat aside, like, you can't lose your first game at home, especially if they lose ugly. Yeah. And come back from that, even if it was to go down, like, 3-1 to one or whatever. Like, yeah, take out the 3-0, like, numbers aside, regardless of what the – I think if we got blown out the next game, regardless of what the series is, we'd lose anyway. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that Raptors series in 2019 – um, the Bucks did win two games to start the series, and then uh, the Raptors obviously came back and beat us in six, so four straight. If you get on a roll, you get on a roll, but it's got to change right now. I know I know the guys are playing hard, but Budenholzer's Bo- Bo- got to play on fucking 42 minutes a game now. It's it's going to get ugly if, it, if we don't start shooting the ball better. I think they went six for 30 in their first game from three, and we, we only lost by six nine points or whatever it but was we were down like 15 going into the last minute yeah that's true yeah uh, it's that same old thing about like where if they're gonna focus if they're gonna shut down Giannis, other guys have to step up and in the heat series other guys stepped up thus far Giannis hasn't been doing great been struggling from the free throw line so much in his head it's ridiculous and nobody else is stepping up to take any pressure off yeah we gotta have big games from drew and chris um, Chris can't start out 0 from 8 from the field and then somehow get hot towards the second half. Like, he has to be on all game. And I think that's something we'll see in Milwaukee just because he knows the rims more, more comfortable playing in the Pfizer Forum. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Hawks are up on the Sixers 1-0 in their series. They're playing right now, I believe. Not watching the game currently. But if the Sixers go down 2-0, that'll be interesting too because Trey Young is playing insane. Out of his mind. Very good, very athletic, great player. Fun to watch. Super fun to watch. So fun to watch. And I think that um, not many people have really gotten to know Trey Young as a basketball player. I mean, they saw him at Oklahoma. But since he's been down in Atlanta, it hasn't really been much media coverage. There hasn't been much of anything about Trey Young. Now they're getting to see him play. They saw him dispatch the New York Knicks real quickly, um, taking that bow at the end of – Game five or game six or whatever it was to close out the series. Trey Young, more electric than I think anybody thinks, anybody thought before this playoff started. Yeah, he likes the trash talk. I know I'm like, you know, whenever there's like a draft trade, everybody immediately, or like when guys go back to back, immediately and for their whole career, it's like who won, like who got the better pick, who won the trade. Both teams won this trade. Yeah, like obviously, you know, Luka being in MVP talks, had the better year, has so far been the better player. But I don't think anybody should be able to sit there and they say sleep that the on Hawks Trey. got They sleep on Trey. Like, he puts up points like he did at Oklahoma. 
He can make the you know crazy acrobatic yeah. play to get something going. And okay, first, uh, and the the Hawks got a pick out of it by swapping. Obviously, you're not going to just swap third and fifth picks or whatever or whatever the numbers were. Um, but also, the the systems fit way better for both teams. Luca is Luca and the Mavericks system fits a hundred percent. That's the way it should have been all along. Same thing with Trey Young. Trey Young fits the Hawks system. They're going young. They're going fast. They're going shooting. Um, I love what the Hawks are doing. I, I didn't think they got enough preseason talk, and then they show up as a five seed in the playoffs, and you're like, oh shit, this Hawks team just got a better seed than the Celtics. I mean, everyone's talking about the Celtics so much. Look at this fucking Hawks team go. I'm, I'm excited to see if they can really compete with with Philly. Yeah, that's definitely going to continue to be an interesting series to watch. I know Embiid's banged up, but like he played and had a great game, so I don't think that can really, you know, be an excuse that people no, give the Sixers. Yeah. It'll also be interesting to see. I know there was kind of some talks made. You know, they're probably going to put Simmons on Trey Young the whole game mm-hmm. after we're done recording. I'll be excited to kind of go back and see how Trey Young's been doing if Simmons has been on him the whole time. Uh, but yeah, hopefully that'll be a better series than, you know, the one we've just been talking about. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got the Clippers versus the Jazz, a series nobody wanted to see. Who the fuck likes the Clippers? Fuck them. They ended up beating Luca and Dallas, um, Luca and Dallas, in Game Seven last week. So they're playing the Jazz now. Probably the least exciting semifinal series, um, just because the Jazz. The Jazz are a great team. Everybody knows that. They're the number one seed, but they play some uninteresting basketball. Donovan Mitchell, great. But then you got guys like Joe Ingles starting for him. And great three-point shooter, kind of like a Joe Harris from Brooklyn. But it's like, how do you guys win that many games? How are you guys so good? It just doesn't seem like they should be that good, but they're that good. Yeah, well, and that's kind of the whole thing about today's NBA where everybody loves shooting and highlight plays. And you get a guy like Gobert, who's just kind of a big man, <laughs> yeah. playing great defense, being a rim protector, and you know getting points in the paint. It's and not getting points like a Giannis, where it's just like athletic plays. Uh-huh. Just kind of a big. He's man. just a postman. Just a good big man. Yeah, we'll see how that series goes. Last up, we got Phoenix. They lead the Nuggets one to nothing. Um, this series, I don't. You got to think winner of this goes to the goes to the finals right i think denver can beat utah like these not decently easy because uh denver has some injury issues but like you got the Jokic nv mvp uh we'll talk about that in a second but Jokic is playing unreal i think the winner of this phoenix Nuggets series goes to the finals yeah and it just sucks you know what happened to jamal murray him getting hurt kind of later in the year uh, would have been really That exciting. team would have been my favorite to win the West if it wasn't yeah, for Jamal Murray. absolutely, because he adds such a different level to what they can do. And again, you know, without Jamal Murray, do the Nuggets play as uh, necessarily exciting of a brand when they're just feeding their MVP, uh, Jokic? Maybe not, not as much really. as a team like the Suns. Yeah. But I think the Nuggets are an easy team to root for. And they, I think the Jazz are too, not because you love to watch them, but just because, like, it's Utah. Yeah. You're like, okay, that's a small market team that, like, you know, has been good in the past, but, like, recently has just been, like, man, eh, maybe get a good regular season and then get bounced type team. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about Phoenix real quick, I'm going to talk about Jokic. Obviously, just won the MVP earlier tonight. 
Um, unreal. He's He doesn't get triple doubles like other players do, but that dude is, out of anybody in the entire NBA, if you combine all three major statistics, points, rebounds, and assists, he's the best player for each of those categories, like all three combined, that I've seen in a long time. That dude passes the ball like a point guard. He rebounds the ball like the big man he is, and he got, he's got the greatest footwork of any big guy in, in the NBA right now. He can shoot the ball. He's an all-around great player. He deserved the MVP this year over anybody. Fuck you, Philly fans, for saying Embiid should win an MVP this year. Fuck off with that shit. Jokic deservedly wins the MVP this year. Yeah, you're not going to get any arguments out of me. Number, I believe number one in player efficiency rating over Embiid. And, yeah, kind of like all the things you just said, nothing he's really struggled Bad. at no. the whole season. Yeah, it's and all. it has been the majority of the reason that the Nuggets have been so – had the season they've had. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking that the MVPs are going to more, like, deserving players instead of high big market teams and stuff. I mean, we've had Milwaukee, obviously Giannis, probably second best player in the world right now, maybe first best player, whatever – um he won it twice in a row then you get denver i know denver is a big city big market but it's not really a big market when it comes to the nba um it's exciting to see these guys win mvps i'm sure luke will come next and then we'll get back into some bigger names but i feel like Jokic is just like if you ask just a random person on the street who nikola Jokic was i don't think they know and that's awesome to see yeah no that i was like that's actually probably one of the better points i've heard about it is like yeah you say like the name Luca, yeah, and like people that aren't that big of basketball. Well, because fans. they talk about him on Get Up about five times a day for the entire week, right? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you um, you say the name Luca, and people are gonna know, and people are wearing Luca jerseys no matter what team they're a fan of. You say Jokic, and people are like, uh, the jo- the Joker. Uh, ho- does he play hockey? Does he? <laughs> he does sound like a hockey name. Is he like a UFC fighter? Like who the hell is Jokic? Yeah, it's awesome. Love to see it. Um, a dude who I think should have probably gotten more votes, at least more. Yeah, more than he should have gotten, or more than he got. Uh, Chris Paul. It. I think they should make a second MVP if Chris Ball takes this team to the finals. Because that team had no right to be this good this year. No. And then they just sign Chris Paul and be like, oh, yeah, we're 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 a finals contender. We might win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's so weird because with all these different teams being kind of you know, like the Nets obviously haven't been like a team that's been good, but you got, you know, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, whatever two they got out on the floor, you know, they're going to be good. Yeah. It's weird seeing like the Suns and the Jazz and the Nuggets. I mean, it's the awesome. final four in the West is the Utah Jazz, Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns, and then the Clippers, you know, once the, obviously they have Kawhi and Paul George, so you, ex- you expect them to do yeah. well. But, yeah, you got three teams in the West who you didn't think were going to be there. Looking at the East, you got the Hawks. Philly, Milwaukee, and obviously Brooklyn. But those three teams haven't been beside – I mean, like, we've been good. The Bucs have been good. Philly's been good. But you're talking about that rebuild period. We were kind of in the same stretch of, like, 2010 to 2016, kind of rebuilding the teams. Uh, The Hawks have been good every now and then. But, yeah, it's – 
At least six out of eight teams they've, where they They've shouldn't. had some good regular season runs on their yeah. coach, Bud, and then ran into LeBron. Honestly, I think it's just because the Warriors and LeBron yeah. are out that it feels like all these teams are so refreshing to yeah. see. Well, no, and I've seen this stat a bunch over the past um, past week or so. It was, it was talking about how whatever team wins this NBA Finals, the last time that franchise had won, like, was 1987 or something like that. Like, that's the earliest, right? the last time a team has won. I think half these teams still have, uh, still alive in the, in, the, in the playoffs have never won an NBA Finals. And I know, like, the Clippers are kind of like, eh, you know, if they win, nobody really, like, it's not going to be that cool. But it's going to be cool to pretty much see anybody win this thing. And I'm excited to see the, the final matchup between whoever gets out of the West and the East. Anything else? Nope. That's it. That's 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 a long NBA. Good job, us. That's a long soccer. That's long NBA. That's a decently long MLB because the Brewers are doing well again. Let's go. We're on a roll. Next up, NHL. The Islanders in the most electric series I've seen in this playoffs. I know there were a lot of good ones in the first round. The Islanders lead the Bruins three to two in their series uh, to move on to the final four. What a great series! Two great teams. Like we, I mean, we said it, or at least I was the the proponent, the the, the first guy to say it in this podcast. Nobody's going to beat the Bruins. Well, the Islanders just might. Islanders might. I'm really hoping they do. It's I really fun. hope they do. Yeah, I, well, we keep talking about small market. We're we're a uh, pro small, not small market with the Islanders, but like we are a pro small market slash. Well, yeah. Forgotten team. Yeah, I mean, no, nobody's thinking. Hey, you think in New York hockey? Nobody's thinking of the Islanders over the Rangers, right? So it is, you know, obviously not a small market. They're in New York, but kind of the forgotten team of the city. So rooting for them. I said last week, I don't want the Bruins to win. I got nope. a multitude of reasons for that. Yep. Uh, but it's been a phenomenal series, and even if the Brewers come back and Bruins, I think I said Brewers. Yep. Yeah, even if the Bruins come back and win in seven, it's still going to be a really fun series to watch till the end. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, Islanders get game six in Nassau Coliseum. That place is going to be rowdy as hell. I'm hoping they close it out there because they're not going to win a game seven in Boston. No chance. Yeah, probably not. I mean, they won in game five in Boston, but game five is a hell of a lot different than game seven. game seven. Yeah. Um, the Lightning just recently, before we started recording, beat Carolina four to one in their series. They take on um, probably the mm, probably the third highest point total. You got to think that Carolina's or you got to think that the Canadians are going to play the highest win total because you know they reseed. Yeah, stuff. no, it's already been like locked in. Oh, the, is it? The, oh, I didn't what, know. I didn't know if you what your road had been. Okay. Yeah, Lightning will uh, play the winner of Islanders Bruins. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nothing to really talk about here. I mean, the Canes very well could have won this series, but Andre Vasilevsky and goal way better than whatever Carolina was going to throw at them. Uh, at at the Lightning, kind of just a eh series. Yeah, I it did. never really felt like Carolina had a chance. No, and like before game one, I think it felt like it could be a pretty fun series. Mm-hmm. But then you're kind of watching each game, and it's like, okay, like Lightning are coming off a cup. Yep, uh, everyone still, counted them out. Yeah, they're still the Lightning. Like they're still insane as a hockey team. They got a goalie who's playing 
maybe better than anybody in the playoffs right yeah. now. And I'm an idiot because I think I might have said that Florida's probably going to win that first round series. Um, I'm one of those guys that slept on the or on the Lightning, and there's no reason to because they are still probably the best team in hockey, and everyone slept on them because oh they didn't have as good of a season as they have in in the past couple years. So I'm an idiot. I I, I accept that. Yeah, and I think the Lightning, you know, not going to have an easy out in the next round no matter who they play. But, I, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say in a pretty common theme that the Lightning are kind of on a crash course for the winner of that Avs uh, Golden Knights. Yeah, you got you to gotta think that the Lightning are the favorites in their next round. Uh, I will say one thing. Uh, I guarantee you the Lightning would rather play New York. Like, no matter how how good New York the Islanders are, they always get a little bit slept on. And also, they're not always the best team. They don't always have the best talent. They just play well together. But if you have a team that plays well together and has talent, they're going to beat the team that plays well together with no talent every time, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the – I think that's the Lightning's outlook is they would rather play New York. You want to avoid Boston at all costs pretty much every single playoffs, um, every single Stanley Cup playoffs. So, yeah. Um, that's what I'm thinking. The Lightning are thinking right now. Um, one team that already knows, well, I guess they don't know because that series is good too. The Canadians beat the Jets. They sweep them 4 nothing after the Jets swept the Oilers 4 nothing. How about this fucking Canadians team? What a ridiculous story. They're down 3-1 to Toronto. Toronto can't win an elimination or can't win a game to send them to the next round for their lives. They come back, win three straight. They've won seven straight overall. Carey Price has a 1.42 goals against average um, over that last seven games, a 950 save percentage. I mean, you talk about it every single year, but no matter how the Canadians get into the playoffs, if they're there, you do not want to play them because Carey Price is so scary every year. He can probably better than any goalie I've seen in a long time absolutely demolish any other team. Yeah, the single-handedly is just going to turn into a brick wall and keep them in the game. Like you said, what is it, 1.42 goals against? Yeah. That's insane. And just the fact that they've rattled off seven in a row in the playoffs, especially as a team that got in with the lowest point total in the playoffs. They were the last team in. I saw um, they're coming up on some historic stats. I've been watching a couple of their games lately. I think I watched three out of the four of this sweep. Um, I think they've – they're third most right now in most time played in the playoffs without trailing – They've played these seven games without trailing up at mm-hmm. all at any point in the game. Um, and they're coming up on two historic records, one already set by the Canadians and one set by, I want to say, the Red Wings um, when they were good. But it's unreal. I think they've played 300-some minutes of of straight winning hockey, which is unreal, or at least tied hockey. I'm so excited, and I'm excited to see Cole Caulfield continue to play well. He has two huge assists in this series, or had two huge assists in this series, both game winners against uh, Winnipeg. He had two game winners, obviously, to end the regular season, uh, two game-winning goals to end the regular season. Awesome to see him playing well with Suzuki and Toffoli on that second line for for Montreal. We'll see what happens. They're going to have to play the winner of that Western Conference series. It's probably not going to go well, but I said that about Winnipeg. I said that about Toronto. I thought, hey, it's not going to go well for the Canadians. 
Then they come out with two fucking series wins. So good for them. They're the kings of the fucking north. Who would have thought? Yeah, you know how people kind of get dug in on things like saying like, you know, every year people say like, this is Tom Brady, like Tom Brady's done. Uh-huh. I am digging in that the Canadians are not going to keep going. They're probably going to get routed in game one. Yeah, they just lose the all the first game with pretty much full fans in either uh, Colorado or Vegas. That's going to get ugly, and then yeah. it's just going to go downhill quickly from there. So, I'm dug in on it. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool if they proved me wrong. Uh-huh. But Yeah, it seems pretty unlikely. Um, little speculative, speculative, speculative talk. talk? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. Okay, a little speculative talk. We thinking they're gonna play in uh, Minneapolis? Uh, no, I think Canada just announced that they're gonna allow travel. Wow, that's huge. I know the Can- Canadians don't get too many fans. I think they're sitting at like five thousand right now, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but that'd but be huge if they could travel. Play at home. Yeah, you know. Yeah, home not ice, have, all not have to fucking facilities. sleep in hotels and shit. Yeah. So that'll help them out at least a little bit. But yeah, I think it just got announced maybe today or yesterday that Canada is going to go forward and allow NHL to travel. And you know what? Hey, are we in uh, the ending stages of a pandemic? Sure. Let's run up the score on them. Open the travel for the NHL. <laughs> Let Canada get their sport yeah. to kind of have its best chance. Yeah. COVID ran up the score on us for long enough. It's time to just put it on them. Damn right. All right. Up next. Oh, wait. No, we got one more series. What am I doing? The it's best v- one. The best one. It's Vegas, Colorado. They're tied at two. Um, game five is going on right now. We haven't really been watching because I forgot to switch it back over from the Brewer game. But we'll check now. The score is Las Vegas 0, Avalanche 1. Uh, I thought this series was going to be pretty easy for the Avalanche. It looked like it was going to go down. The That Vegas was going to go down pretty easily after two games. They were down 2 nothing. They play a couple in Vegas. They get the crowd into it, and they win a couple games. So now it's 2-2. We'll see what happens in Game 5 here. They're playing in Colorado, obviously. Um, Whitey likes the Knights. I I think I picked the Avalanche to win from the beginning. We'll see what happens. What are you thinking, Whitey? Uh, I mean, like I knew the Avalanche were good. Yeah. But just not having watched a lot of regular season hockey in general – let alone the Avalanche, you know, because you got March Madness and everything else going on. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon, still, like, people were talking about him being good. He is good. He confirmed good. Grubauer in the net for the Avalanche. Better than I thought. Confirmed good. Good. Interestingly enough, uh, I'm already seeing a lot of talks about what's, you know, what's going to happen. He's going to be a free agent after this season. They're talking on this? A little bit, yeah. Because well, about Grubar? Yeah, really. Because uh, somebody tried asking his agent, and his agent gave the typical like, you know, raise in the middle of the playoffs. We're yeah, not going to talk on, about yep. it. But you know, if the Avalanche called to talk, that agent's picking up the phone, even if it's the night before Game Seven yeah. of the Cup Finals. Yeah. Um, Cole McCarr, great. Gabriel Landeskog, great. It's like they're kind of like Edmonton, but a good team. Like, Edmonton, obviously, good team, but, like, team that plays together, Avalanche. 100%. How did that not go I don't in? know. Marc-Andre Fleury just had probably the <laughs> save of the fucking, at least the series so far. That was unreal. Um, I, I love seeing this Colorado team good. 
I'm not sure if I, uh, I'm not like rooting for them to, to win it all. I know, I know I picked them, but I, I'd rather see the Islanders win it all. Um, but there's something about this Colorado team that's easy to, they're easy to root for. Okay, I just, it actually wasn't wasn't as good of a save. Yeah. yeah, it dude hit the net, but the fact that he would have saved it, yeah. even if it got there, <laughs> um, yeah. When this might be a dumb take because it's kind of like, yeah, these are like the final teams in the cup, no shit. But just all every year, the goaltending as you get through the Stanley Cup playoffs, yep. is just phenomenal. Obviously, they got sweat, but Halibuck was for the Jets was doing everything he yeah. possibly could. To everything keep he could. His team just didn't help him out. Yeah, Flurry's been going off. Grubauer playing well. Price, obviously, like we just talked about. Vasilevsky going off. Yeah, it, I like. I I don't know why you would bet. And oh oh oh, <laughs> nope, nothing. I know it's hit quite a few times, but I've found you know just seeing like ESPN. Uh, put the lines on the side of the screen and stuff. I know most of the over-unders have been at five and a half. Mm -hmm. I know it's hit quite a few times, but I don't know how with confidence you can bet the over in any of these series. No, not at all. With all the goaltenders, like you can't just assume that it's going to be a, you know. Forgot about Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask, yeah. I don't know how you can just assume it's going to go 4-2. Yeah, you can't. No chance. It's 3-1 every single game. Yeah, or it's, you know. 3-2 3-2 in overtime, and you get mm. stuck at 5. Yep. Um, That's what I bet is probably the most frustrating about betting, like, NHL totals, is if you have the over... And it goes into overtime. You're, you're just... You're done. You're, you're done. done. Done's over. See you later. Like, it literally cannot... You know, if, or you could be at 5 before... Oh, you can't be 5 before overtime. Yeah, you're right. Can't. You're, you're done. Right, yeah, you're just or you know you get the three two. They pull the goalie, and it's just they're on the attack the yep. entire last. You gotta hope they can ends. shovel a pass down yeah. the ice. Yeah, no betting NHL would definitely be an exhilarating like why, especially in the playoffs. That's got to be why. Yeah. All right, we'll keep you updated on this game, but next up, why do you want to start off with NFL talk? Yep. So uh, the day is here, mandatory. Uh, what OTAs? Mini camp. Mini camp. I looked it up. Yeah, it for the NFL has come and gone day one, and after missing voluntary workouts, Aaron Rodgers, reigning MVP, starting quarterback for the la- or quarterback for the Packers for the last been on the team the last sixteen years, was not there for the first time in his career. Uh, Devontae Adams came out and said he's got Rodgers back no matter what. Uh, David Bakhtiari said today when asked that, you know, obviously he's very good friends with Rodgers, but he's not going to inject himself into the whole discussion. <sighs> he's not going to get fined. I just put it out there now. You're not going to, you're not going to, as a front office, front office executive for the Green Bay Packers, if you want any resemblance of a chance to have Rodgers back in, in town, you're not going to fucking find him. Let that be known right now. No, I think that'll kind of be the writing on the wall. Like, if they don't find him, Packers front office still feels like they have a chance. And if they find him and just want their free 90K, means they're looking for trade partners right now. Yeah. Um, I did see one thing the other day on Twitter um, that said the Packers had been in talks with Aaron Rodgers. Reg- R.E., contract but i don't know if that's a credible source i can't remember who tweeted it 
Might have been a beat reporter, might not have been. Um, but you know they've been in talks with his agent for the past two months anyway, so it doesn't really matter about that. Um, Jordan Love saw some reports today after the first practice. He struggled pretty bad, just like he did all of last season uh, on the practice squad and also um, playing with the team. Uh, he had a there, his first two-minute drill of the season stalled out at the plus 46-yard line after he overthrew... Um, Oh God, I forgot what receiver it was. Um, on an eight-yard slant route, probably, I think they said it was like four yards over his head. So that's a tough look. He's going to struggle early on. This is his first reps with with first-team wide receivers. We'll see what happens. But uh, obviously, everyone's still hurting to get A-Rod back in the building. Yeah, and even, you know, it, it's going to be a tough call for the front office and for the coaching staff because you kind of got to decide, like, now – what way? Because you got to. I assume that the thing that's going to keep Rodgers back in Green Bay is signing him to a deal that will extend him past Jordan Love's contract, which would be, I believe, after the. If we took his fifth year option, would be after the twenty four season. Yeah, I assume that's kind of what Rodgers is looking for to say, like, you're not going to get rid of me for Jordan Love anytime yeah. soon. So they kind of have to decide right now. Do they see Jordan Love as being somebody that they're okay with in the future? Or is it time to, you know, hand up like he's not the guy we needed him to be and we're just going to take Rodgers till 2025? Okay, question. Um, if you have the opportunity, if say you're, you're playing GM right now mm-hmm. for the Green Bay Packers. You have the opportunity to sign A-Rod to that 2024 deal. You get... A second rounder for Jordan Love. Do you take it? Uh, like, it will one second and a seventh. We'll give you that one. It's tough just because, you know, obviously I haven't seen Jordan Love play, and obviously I am not at the talent evaluation level that even if I did see him, yeah, to know. But I think it would all come down to you. Just got to trust the coaching staff to kind of say like. Obviously, they've all been in football for a long time, and they probably well. And our scouts and you know uh, GM too kind of have a knack for knowing kind of who's gonna turn out. Early you always on, get guys yeah. that are late bloomers. Yep. But I think just for well, and it's also tough because, like we've said before, I think you and I have both said that as of today, as you know, twenty-two and twenty-three year olds, we would be very keen to be like, all right. Everybody's shitting on us. Like, let's fix that. Yeah. Bring Rodgers back. Yeah. I know that I'm like just uh, basically I am walking around answering that question. Yeah, it seems because like I it. have no idea what I would do. I think I take it just because I'm the hometown guy. I love the love Aaron Rodgers. Um, well, Aaron Rodgers has shown no sign of slowing down. Yeah, that's the thing that, that yeah. jumps out to me the most. I think that's a thing that people kind of forget about when we took Jordan Love is that Rodgers was coming off. You know, an injured year and then a year where Mike McCarthy gave up. Right. And, you know, he was coming off basically. Like, then, even when we went 13 and three, like it wasn't. Still trying to learn the offense. Right. But it, it like, it wasn't a Rodgers year that was good in terms of Rodgers' standards. Yeah. So it was kind of like. 
it appeared that there was some aging happening to Rodgers. Obviously, this but year it he was yeah. He's not going anywhere. But I think people kind of forget when you know talking about the Jordan Love pick is it's not like Rodgers had been playing at an MVP level for the three years prior. Yeah. You could talk about how it was a new scheme, and you could talk about the injuries and you know McCarthy kind of failing, not failing, but falling out as a coach, falling out of favor with Rodgers. But it's yeah, it's not like he was lighting the league on fire for those few years before we took him. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think once again playing GM, but not realistically because I have no idea what the fuck goes on in their conversations. But. I think if you can get a second and a seventh, we'll say that for Jordan Love, that's fine by me, but you have to tell Rodgers when he signs the extension, hey, you have to let us take a quarterback every year from here on out to see if we can get a guy for when you leave. Well, yeah, I think it has to be, yeah, it probably has to be communicated. And he obviously probably knows that if he were to sign like that, we're going to, like 2024 is the... We're not going to have you back after 2024. No matter how good you are, I guarantee Green Bay's thinking no chance. I mean, they thought that before 2021. So um, I think that's just a stipulation that obviously Aaron Rodgers would know about. Um, that's just something that would have to be talked about, I think. Well, what's so weird, like, it's still so weird to me how this all went because, like, he's such a smart guy. He knows how the NFL works. And, like, he knows that it's, you know. Hey, this is how it came into the league. Right. And, like, he knows that it, they're always having to look towards the future. So, didn't help that Brett Favre went on to play for different teams and have success. No, that doesn't help. But it's just so weird how this whole thing turned out. Yeah. Because you assume that, you know, coming off an NFC championship, that, yeah, he was pissed about the way it turned out. Everybody was pissed about the way it turned out. But, like, his beef this whole time hasn't been with the coaching. Yeah. And that's what people were complaining about after the NFC championship. Uh-huh. It Like, it's all stemming from this draft pick. And it's like, still, hell with Adam Schefter for reporting that the way yeah, he did. fuck that. Coming out and being like, yeah, I've been kind of sitting on this, <laughs> and like, I don't really have these sources. Are just, these are just observances from the last three months of football. Fuck off, Adam. And he, dis- and he literally said, yeah, I could have announced it a week later, but I figured I'd do it on draft day. Come on. Yeah. Um, one last thing. I don't really want to get into a discussion about it because it's been a little – little too much time spent on the Green Bay Packers, I think. And eh, never too much time spent on them. Um, what would have happened if uh, Gutekunst just said, hey, Aaron, we're taking this guy? Like, because that's – Aaron was originally pissed off because that was – they he didn't get told about it. What would have happened then? I don't know. I don't know if that would have changed. If anything, that might have just made it away. It's kind of that, like, you know, uh, ask forgiveness before you ask permission type yeah. thing. Because what if Rodgers said, no, like, I'm not cool with that, and then you still go and do it? Yeah, it would have been worse. Like, being in that, that's, like, that's why is it always fun to, you know, talk about coaches and front offices. Like, it's always fun as a fan to do that. Yeah. But then when you really think about it, what a shit job <laughs> that had to be that day, knowing, yeah. like, there is a guy that our entire organization loves. Yep. And our he's entire falling fan to base. us. I'm talking about uh, oh, you're talking about okay. and he's falling to us, and he could be the future as the Avs just scored goal number two to go up two nothing in the second period. Uh, and as Castellanos hits a fly <laughs> ball deep in the left center field, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's gotta be tough. Cause yeah, like 
about juggling that whole thing of like winning now and also not sending your future to hell. Yeah. Especially like it's one thing to draft a receiver when you have a stud receiver, mm-hmm. you know, or draft like literally any other position besides quarterback is fairly easy to say like we want depth and like you never yeah. know with injuries and stuff. But having to find a new quarterback when you still have one, I know people say that's the best time to do it. And I know Vikings fans ask a fucking Packer. Yeah, fan. and I know Vikings Bear and Bears fans would be saying like, "Hey, you guys have had thirty years of great quarterback yeah. play. Shut up." And that's fair. <laughs> yeah, but I'm telling you, I don't think it's that easy to find a third one. No, not a chance. Uh, something that was real easy, I'm sure, for Tennessee's GM was to trade for fucking Julio Jones. He he gives up a second, I think. Yeah, second, second and, and a six to get Julio away from Atlanta. Um, that Titans no, offense. gave up a fourth. Got a six from the Falcons. Oh, second and fourth, got a sixth. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Julio, um, that offense is going to be insane. He's going to wear number two for the Titans. Everyone was doing all those photoshops beforehand wearing number eight, but he goes with number two. Maybe it's a, hey, I wore 11, one plus one equals two. Could be. I, kinda... I don't know what he wore in high school. Don't even know what he wore in college. It is kind of weird that Derrick Henry's going to be on that team not wearing number two. Yeah. While Julio is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. No, I, it's going to be scary to see what A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and Julio Jones. Yeah. And Tannehill, who is, like, turned into the most efficient runner and that, of that offense. And that motherfucker. Fuck anybody who was shitting on Tannehill three, four years ago when he was struggling down in Miami. He had to do with fucking Adam Gase and shit. Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, he was good. He was very good, and the, he led him to a playoff appearance for the first time in ages in like 2015 or something. Tannehill was good in Miami. Yeah, kind of had a resurgence in that new offense that has shown that he's very good at running that offense. Yeah, um, but yeah, the Titans are going to be scary. Not you know, it's always easy to say like, yeah, nobody's going to compete with the Chiefs. But you think about it, like teams in the AFC. No, they gotta add firepower. Yeah, and is the well, Titans... and you know they have an actual chance because, like, we've seen the Chiefs. I know they don't lose very often, but we've seen them lose to to Vegas. That's a yeah. team that everybody beats. So, like, you know, you know that even though they're in division, you have a chance to beat the Chiefs. They're not some all higher power that everybody thought they were after winning their first uh, title, right? And you know it. <sighs> It is weird because when you think about it, the thing that gave the Chiefs the most struggle was that insane Tampa Bay front seven. Yeah. And the Titans have some questions on their defense that haven't been, you know, great by any stretch of the imagination. That's kind of what's held them back is their defense, third down defense, all that. So they don't do anything with this. That This pick doesn't help that. Yeah. But if you're going to give up 30, you might as well be able to make sure you can score 35. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anything else NFL before we move on? I think that's it for NFL. I'm, I'm excited for this next one. All right, just a quick, quick segment for our last segment of the night. Um, the Badgers sent out a fucking cryptic tweet today. And it says, I'll read it to you right now. It says, it's time to change the game. And that could be a, any number of things. It came could from just the, be about the new AD. Yeah, could be about the new AD. Um, it came from the UW Badger Athletics Twitter account. At first, my first thought was, "Hey, we're switching uh, jersey or, or athletic what 
what do we, what do we call like sponsors? apparel sponsor uh, apparel sponsors but their contracts locked in for the next five years so that made no sense to me then i thought oh maybe under armor's upping their game they're dropping a couple schools um because of underperformance at like things at uh, colleges like UCLA and Cal Berkeley and stuff. Um, so they're dropping up a, a couple schools. They might be putting more into... Wait, UCLA was Under Armour? Mm-hmm. I could have swore they were e- anybody but... Under Armour. Huh. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. what I read today, at least. Um, but yeah, they might just be revamping everybody and getting a new look for the Badgers. Um, so my first thought was Under Armour. I'm not sure about what your first thought was. I know you didn't see it until like right before recording. Um, no idea what the fuck this is about. Well, my first tweet was instantly like, what sport tweeted this? Because I was like, okay. Your first thought. Or yeah, first thought. What did I say? My first tweet. Oh, God. <laughs> first thought was, yeah, what sport tweeted this? Like, did football tweet it? Did basketball tweet it? Did hockey tweet it? Uh, volleyball, very good volleyball. They, are they changing yep. something up? Nope. But yeah, just the fact that the whole uh, athletics came out and did it. That's very weird. I'm going to look up right now. Who's another uh, Under Armour? Notre Dame? Uh, Maryland, Notre Dame. Uh, Yeah, it would be good to check if they they tweeted something out. Okay, I don't know what. Maybe it's fighting Irish athletes. Notre Dame Athletics just pulls up a bunch of fan accounts. Ah, bums. Irish Athletics. Yeah, I'm not sure they have a... uh, (laughs) They're they're not the usual type. Northwestern. Northwestern Athletic. Here we go. Did they tweet? It's time to change the game. Uh, when was how early was that? Uh, probably like midday today. Okay, Northwestern has not tweeted it. Okay, so it's Badger specific. It might be, but who else? Maryland. Yeah, yeah. you keep talking about yeah. all. Yeah, I mean, uh, only thing I can think is fucking uniforms and shit, and like how we represent under armor i have no clue because we already announced the signing of the new ad i don't know if he's making a change right away or what but that's just so weird it's time to change the game and i know they do that to build suspense and just put the tweet out all all ominously but well i'm looking at the video it's a video of graham mertz johnny davis uh looks like a volleyball player and it's just like liking like the fake Instagram post of all yeah. of them. I don't know what that is. And Unless they're announcing something about fucking player likeness. Yeah, literally, as you said that, uh, somebody said, just a guess, probably something to do with NIL. That could, yeah, maybe there's just something going on with that, which would be interesting. That would be surprising because Wisconsin has the first, I think the first Big Ten team to t- even like, if that happens, to go along with it, it kind of surprises me. That would be kind of a uh, big recruiting tool, however, because a little piece of news. Badger football just lost their uh, director of uh, player personnel, Saeed Khalif, I believe it was. Khalif left? Yeah, Khalif is going to Michigan State. Oh, which the, is, yeah, he big followed loss. fucking Gilmore out mm-hmm. there. God followed damn Gilmore. it. Big loss because he has been doing a phenomenal job. You look at when he got there a few years Unreal. ago to compared to now where we're just putting well, out fuck. top top 25 I didn't know rankings. that, now I'm pissed. Yeah, sorry. Hate to break it to you. That happened. This might recover, though. Bobby April gotta be gotta be promoted. All I see is every time we get a top linebacker, Coach Bobby April on the recruitment. I like that dude a lot. 
Yeah. Our linebackers coaches are phenomenal. Yes. Like, you just look at the way they just retool and come back in, and just every year our linebackers are probably the most underrated, some of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Bobby April. Uh, I know we got a few deep, really all our defensive position coaches. Yeah, good for them. Like, they're, they're just like, everybody gives the love to Jim Leonard, rightfully so. One yeah. of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Mm-hmm. But, like, that come like, the defensive coaches have not been slacking. Like, you look at every unit, and every unit, I mean, yeah, you could talk about the DBs, but the DBs are getting better. Mm-hmm. Like, if the DBs come around, get some speed to compete with that Ohio State speed that always kills us. <laughs> I know we weren't planning on talking about Badger football much, but damn. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Last topic of today's podcast. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. We did not have NASCAR talk typed in. We don't. You want to run it out? Run yeah, down so real quick? Uh, they had the race at Sonoma Road Course in California uh, this past Sunday. Not necessarily a great... There were some interesting parts of the race. Uh, Kyle Larson ended up winning. Chase Elliott got second. Uh, Wasn't the best race in terms of, like, excitement, but it was interesting to kind of see strategy. You know, the theme at that track is, like, if you do well in stages, which are kind of each... It's like a quarter, if you will, uh, where then at the end of each stage, everybody, uh, you know, they, they throw a caution, everybody bunches back up. And with that race, it's always been if you win stages, you will not win the race. Just the way the strategy works out and, you know, kind of how your pit cycles line up. Kyle Larson won both stages and won the race. So that was kind of interesting to see. They went into overtime, Chase Elliott. If they weren't teammates, I'm confident Chase Elliott would have won that race Mm. because most guys would have just dumped Kyle Larson on the restart because that was the only way you were going to beat him. And Elliott had a shot too, but obviously they both raced for Kendrick. Hendrick, also Hendrick Motorsports, the owner of Chase Elliott, uh, Kyle Larson, William Byron, and Alex Bowman. Fourth race in a row, they have finished 1-2. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think Larson is well, one. Well, they, they, they got the best fucking young racers in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, they are going to dominate. Unless they somehow lose one. Yeah. If, like, you know, Joe Gibbs signs them to a massive deal yeah. at Penske, probably those, that team is going to dominate for the next five, ten years plus. Easy. And it's nice because my one of my fi- favorite top two drivers is on that team. Yeah. So that's, always, that's always a bonus. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, moving on though, are we good? Yeah, yeah, we're All good. All right. Oh, uh, next race is the All Star race at Texas. I've never Sunday been a big night. fan of their All Star race. I don't love the All Star race. It's usually pretty exciting, just because guys are racing for a million dollars, and like they're more willing to kind of you know yeah. get after it, wreck each other. There's yep. been fights after the All Star race because there's a million dollars on the line. So I'll definitely watch it. Uh, but yeah, it's not. I liked it a lot better when it was at Bristol last year. Yeah. It's still better that it's not at Charlotte because Charlotte's just not that fun of a track. Charlotte stinks. Uh, but, you know, being at Texas won't be too bad. Excited to see it, but bring it back to Bristol. Yeah. Okay. Now we're moving on to actually NASCAR again because we're starting up our top three, bottom three series again. Um, we went through all of college football, all 10 conferences that matter. Um, actually, all ten conferences. Yeah, just all yeah. ten. We, we yeah. We didn't do. The we weren't going down. Yeah, in the, we weren't going to independence. We weren't going FCS. FCS shit. Um, we're bringing it back. We're going NASCAR for the first week 
of this series. Um, we figured, why not just kick it off with a bang? NASCAR, we just talked about it. Fuck it. Let's go with NASCAR. Well, yeah, and I know it's kind of some of the uh, – when I've talked to people about our college football series, some of it was like, oh, like it would have probably been better if I had a way to kind of see what teams you were talking about. Maybe this week we'll do a better job once the episode is out. You know, like a, one of us will tweet out like the schemes that we're talking yeah. about for each three so then people can go on Twitter and kind of have a better idea of what cars we're talking about. Maybe I'll continue my run of dominance of winning the polls. Of yeah, that was kind of bullshit. Kind of 100% bullshit. You just texted all your buddies, vote for me. Not a chance. Oh, 100%. I, I, I don't care no. what you say. Don't don't care how many times you I didn't even it. tell people to vote. Nope. I just tweeted it, and it turns out I have better uniforms than you. Brewers just won 5-1, to one, beat the Reds. Who you got at the third worst NASCAR paint scheme? Third worst is... Um, Cody wears number 51, Nurtech ODT. That thing's terrible looking. I think it's purple and black, but it's not a good purple and black. Um, ugly as shit. I had one guy in this bottom three that I chose just because I hate him. And also, I think his car's kind of ugly. Um, but yeah, Cody Ware, sorry, don't really even know who you are. But your, your 51 Nurtech is terrible. Yep, uh, that one was one I was considering about putting in here. Didn't quite make the cut. Okay. My number three, and I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this one. Okay, I, wait, I'm going I'm to pull up, pull them all up real quick. All right. All right, go. My number three worst paint scheme, uh, and I guess just to give a little background for our worst three, we just went with their main sponsor. Uh, our top three, we kind of allowed ourselves to pick alternates. And also, this is kind of from current drivers. Yeah. So, if there was a bad paint scheme 15 years ago, Don't we're matter. not going to talk about it. Nope. Third worst in NASCAR, the Joey Logano Ford Pennzoil 22. Let me look it up. They got it. It's re- you, if you guys listen to our college football uniform rankings. Oh, the yellow and red one? You know I hate yellow and red. Oh, this one looks actually pretty damn good, Whitey. I think if there's one that's going to cost me the votes, going to be gonna this one. Going to be this one. Going to be this one. I just hate the yellow and red. doesn't help that I'm not Logano's biggest fan, but you know I hate yellow and red. I hate the big black Pennzoil across. That oh, doesn't really fit with the good. white emblem. Not a fan. I'm also not a fan of the Pennzoil logo in general. Okay. And again, are any of these have anything to do with the team or the driver? No, it's just who sponsors them. Yeah. So, yeah, is it Joey Logano's fault that the Pennzoil logo is just like a McDonald's fry <laughs> clam looking thing? No, that's not his fault. No. But it sucks. Yeah, okay. I hate the paint scheme. hate seeing it running around. Especially hate seeing it leading laps. Yeah. Everybody hates seeing it leading laps. But... Number two, second worst, I got Ross Chastain's number 49, Clover. 42. Um, 42? Yep. Damn, I wrote down the wrong number. His 42, Clover, it's terrible. It's really, really bad. It's like this awkward green color with a black. It doesn't work very well. The orange number 42 looks terrible. I I can't get behind anything about this paint job. That was another one for me that I thought about it, but... For me, if that 42 wasn't orange, I think I would kind of be a fan. Not necessarily be a fan, but I wouldn't really have... It would look better for white. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I wouldn't have many issues with it, but the orange 42 is pretty tough. I think that was the biggest factor for me, and I didn't even realize it until now, was how bad the orange looked on that green. Because, like, orange and green, no, no. No, thank you. Yeah, not uh, not partners on the color wheel. Nope. Yeah, just... It looks terrible. 
Just let, I'll let it be known. That's my number two. My number two, if you want to pull it up, is the Michael McDowell 34 Loves. Uh, oh, you don't like the Loves? Nah, no, I told you that before. <laughs> hate the Loves. Hate the Loves uh, colorway. Again, yellow and red. Yeah, you got this problem with yellow and red. I do, and that's that's probably going to affect every uniform right Yeah, they, well, okay, this one's way worse than Joey Logano, though. Way and, worse. That's why it's ranked worse. Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, it's just... I don't like how it's got the little There's heart. not enough red on this one. Uh, red red would help. You have to admit red, red would help. Red would probably help because there's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the little heart on the side. Like, I don't like that it's off-center. Again, not McDowell's fault, but... Love has a terrible bad. logo. Yeah, just like the couple hearts chilling together. Yeah. Not a fan of that look at all. Next up and worst for me is Brad Keselowski's number two discount tire. This is, I think this might also lose me shit because it's not a bad look. But you don't I like ju- this one? I hate Brad Keselowski. I mean, that's fair. I hate him so much that I just kind of like, this was the second picture I pulled up of any driver's car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit, that gives me so many bad memories that I just hate it so much. Can't vote for it. He is my least favorite. More so, I think... This has a very, very, very good chance of losing me the poll, but I hate him so much I had to put him in there. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm kind of glad you put that because that kind of offsets the Yeah, offsets the Logano, yeah. Uh, My number one worst NASCAR paint scheme, and I don't think he's ran, I don't know if he's ran it this year. I know for sure he ran it last year, so you might have to Google this one. The Ryan Priest 37 Bushes Baked Beans. Is it brown? Oh, it's bad. Ryan Priest. Okay, let me look it up. Bushes baked beans. It's brown. It. I mean, that's pretty much like it's. It's a brown car. (laughs) It's brown. Does it got the yellow logo on front? Yeah. So you might like it with you and your Wyoming paint schemes, (laughs) but you can't look at that thing. Oh no, that thing's terrible. That that thing's gonna win you. That thing's gonna win you at hands down easy. And again, that thing looks terrible. It might be cheap just because, like, I knew about it and know that he's ran it in the past and yeah. probably has this year, and maybe you didn't know that. Uh, but that's been his main for at least last year. I think this year he's been pretty random on what he's gone with. He's had a different Bushes scheme. Uh, he's had a couple different just products in general that haven't looked great. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. We'll, we'll make sure you guys can see this one because this one is terrible. Yeah, tough. And. It was always bad, just like because he got you know, hasn't it isn't in the best equipment, hasn't put up the best performances. Yeah, seeing that car wrecked doesn't <laughs> do it any favors. With the hood all smashed up, not a great. Just look. a fucking big old turn on the back, turn on the backstretch. Yeah, um, we'll move on though to my third best. Um, this one's more of a sentimental pick. It's the Matt ben- D Benedetto number twenty three Menards. I love seeing the big old Menards with the bright yellow. It reminds me of when Paul Menard drove that car. I think he was fucking 43 or something, 42 maybe, um, when he was racing the Menards car. It's more nostalgic for me. Um, I remember him winning the, I want to say it was the Indy, Indy race in that car, um, in the Menards car. So, yeah, I, not the best-looking car. Certainly could have chose a billion better, not a billion, a, a, a couple, probably 30 better-looking cars, but it was more of a nostalgic thing for mm-hmm. me. This one, you know what? No, I'm, I was gonna put in William Byron's twenty-four. I think it, I almost put that top three. It looks just pretty because, good. and it's got the Jeff Gordon kind of vibes with it. Yep. 
But let me pull up what I did go with for my number three. And I, I this one's going to surprise you. It's uh, a ride with my number two guy, or top two guy, Ryan Blaney. It is the number 12 body armor, caffeinated body armor. That thing has way too much going on. And I, I don't know why. Usually I hate you that. Got, you got mostly yellow and red for the entire car. Let it be known. Mostly yellow and red with bl- a splash of blue. And for whatever reason, the little striping where that's just going on, I love it. Wow. I think it's cool. Did it, not expect that at all. It's kind of gimmicky. Again, might cost me the poll, but hey, we're men of integrity. We go on what we like, not yep. what we think might Damn win Damn right. Us the poll. We ain't trying to win no poll. Well, we are, but you know but, Yeah, Yeah, I'm not going to change my no. votes of what I feel for some poll. Agreed. So, that's nice. Yeah, got the body armor caffeinated. It doesn't follow a lot of what I like. Uh, I know, yeah, since we've been talking about uniforms, I've bashed yellow and red, and there's yellow and red on this car. But I kind of like how it's got the three body armor bottles chilling. I like how it incorporates all of it kind of the... It kind of looks like something somebody in like 2008 would think would look cool. No no offense, but like with the weird little striping and everything, it looks like there's so much going on that you'd think like, hey, this is an older school car. And maybe that's kind of why I like it is because it kind of brings back like... Going like right now, they're in a pretty simplistic, yeah, kind of styles, which I think makes it hard to rank them. Uh, but yeah, I just really like. As soon as I pulled it up, I instantly was like, I like that a lot. Fair enough. I mean, I like it, but I didn't think you would. Um, my number two overall is Kevin Harvick's number four Bush Lightmobile. Um, it's hard to vote. This is for votes and also for my personal preference. It's hard to not love the Bushmobile. That thing looks so good. The light blue and the dark blue. I'm not a big, not usually a big fan of when it's just two colors and they're like different shades of the same color. But that four looks good every time it's leading the pack. I think, damn, I should be drinking a Bush Light right now. And that, and that's the goal. Bushy McBush race. Get him to drink Bush. Yeah, so I actually thought you were gonna go with his corn scheme in your top three. I think the Bush look. I think the blue looks cleaner. My number two, I also went with Kevin Harvick. Uh, you know, traditional Bush light got the nice blue on there. Okay, love seeing it. I like it more than the corn, just because the. Corn, I think the corn reminds me of a little bit of Hidden Valley Ranch. Don't that's really fair. Like that's actually that. a really good assessment. Um. But, yeah, I just love that you got the light blue just cruising around. Everything fits together. It's a good combo of colors where you got white, light blue, and then kind of some darker blue trim just in general. The Bush Light logo. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's my second favorite. And I I want you to tell me right now. I, I just saw you pull it up. Yep. I want you to tell me that that's your number one. That is, okay, for multiple reasons. My number one is Denny Hamlin's number 11 FedEx car. I think this car is so underrated on its looks. Somehow purple... Okay, purple and orange, actually complementary colors. Mm-hmm. Clemson uses it. I love Clemson's colors. You guys know I love Technically, orange. Technically, it's purple and yellow. No, it's... Orange is with blue. Oh, fuck, I fucked that up. Because then it's red and green. Red and green. I thought... Purple and yellow. Because yellow uh, wouldn't be with blue. They're both primary. Okay, what's... So blue's with orange. Orange. Ah. Either way, this fucking looks good. And, and the fact that you got angry, not angry, but you're trying to tell me you okay. this thing looks awesome. I love the color scheme. The the numbers are great that double one right there. Not only like I love the number 11, but the the font that they use looks great. The FedEx logo, it's I mean it's a FedEx fucking car, so the color scheme is the same thing as FedEx. 
I've just seen this car so many times and it hasn't changed much over the past years that it just, it's, it's been a reminder in my head, like, Hey, we like that guy. So we like that color scheme. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for enjoying that. The look of that car. Okay. Because I like, I like it too. Like it's probably a, you know, top 15, just random scheme and a top 10 just look in general. Okay. But I don't see you liking that better. I don't know how you can like that better than the Bush Light. I think it's I think it's more so my my fandom. Ed, okay. I think that pays pays plays more of a role than I thought it would. But now thinking about it, yeah, I, I mean, the Bush Light car, great looking car, that light blue. But I I'm rooting for this number eleven every single week. So it's like, I don't know. It's just got a place in the place in the good old heart. <sighs> Like, I like it. I like how clean it is. I like the simplicity. I know that goes away from my third best uh, yeah. paint scheme. But having that number one? Yep. No doubt about it. Had, I mean, if had no doing, doubt in my mind the second I thought about using, doing NASCAR for it. My number one, the Austin Dillon. I'll pull it up for oh, you. Austin. Okay, second angle of this one. Ooh, the FedEx looks so good. Okay. Austin Dillon, Dillon Memorial Day. Bass Pro Shops, uh, number three Chevy. Okay, that wins you the fucking pole. That thing is sick. That thing wins you the that fucking pole. God damn sick. it! God. It's got it's got the Bass Pro Shops logo right Huge on the hood, logo. which fits with NASCAR. Like yep. you think of NASCAR, you think of you know, yeah. Unfortunately, you think of the rednecks with the hunting, fishing. Yeah. So you slap the Bass Pro Shops logo on there. Then, because it's Memorial Day, you got the red, white, and blue. Up the sides, you got the stars coming in on the blue with some stripes going on. I lost. That's the best look I've seen all year. GG. Last, yeah. Like, Good games. I, I think the, I I wouldn't say that because I think there's some picks I have that I don't think are common. Yeah, but everyone's going to see your number one. They're going to be like, oh, why do you know it's a shit? That is like, how do you rank somebody's rankings? It's, you know, yeah, because, what, what they think is the best. Does it look the best or no? Right, because they, you know, on one hand, you could say I have a bottom three that's not good, or that most people might disagree with. I got a top three that most people might disagree with. Yep. Whereas I think really the only one I think you have that people are gonna be like, I don't think that's a bad looking car is the Keselowski. I think your top three are gonna be pretty common. I'm interested to see who wins. Yeah, I'm just hoping that that number three car doesn't sway everybody too much because it's so that fucking badass. That the thing, thing is, that is, that is that is the best looking car I've seen better than my fucking number 11, Denny Hamlin. Well, yeah, we're going to tweet it out. We're going to tweet the pictures out after we post this and get a poll going. Uh, maybe give, you know, give people like a day to listen or something like yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, if, if you're listening right now and you just are boiling over with anticipation, go look up Austin Dillon, uh, Memorial Day Bass Pro Car. Yeah. And tell me that thing's not sick. Yep. Um, sadly, uh, to my effect that I'm going to lose. And also, sadly, it's um, the end of the episode. We're all done with episode 49 of Catching a Buzz. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, got some big news coming up on episode 50. Obviously, we've been doing these kind of milestone markers um, with, with big news and, and stuff like that. Um, so stay tuned for that next week. We'll let you guys know. Um, yeah, uh, going to be a couple people that it's not big news for because they've been expecting this for like the last five months. Yeah, just just a couple months here, here and there. Right, yeah. you know, been teasing it to a couple people. Uh, one last note, I think I'm kind of turning into a UFC guy. Ah, 
I can't ever get into it. I've been I've been watching. Uh, you have ESPN Plus? Nope. Okay, well that's gonna make it tough. Yeah, a lot. But it's, I was gonna say uh, my access to UFC is holding me back from being a UFC fan. I just started watching. Uh, they brought back the Ultimate Fighter with Brian oh, Ortega yeah. and Volva Lavlovsky. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're gonna fight at the end of this. Like when the series ends, is gonna be about when their fight is for. I think the lightweight title, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. They're little dudes. But yeah, it's like the way I'm describing it. If you have ESPN plus, at least watch episode one. Uh, Episode one was last week. Episode two just came out tonight on ESPN plus. It is like the bachelor bachelorette, but with sports and not only with sports, like everybody lives in the same house. Yeah. And that's awesome. And they're all fucking trying to cut weight together, and they're and fucking like they're forcing all, dudes to sit in the sauna for eight hours a day. And they're all getting ready to beat the shit out of each other because yep. the winner gets a shot at the UFC. Yeah. So that show, I, I remember watching clips. That show was awesome. Like episode one's been awesome. I'm probably gonna try to find some people on Saturday night who want to watch uh, 253 with Israel Adesanya. You've heard of him, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be... I'm kind of turning it into a UFC guy. Good for you. Everybody needs a UFC friend guy... Or UFC friend. Yeah. You get, you need that one dude who's going to... Who's actually like, hey, we're going to we're gonna do this tonight. Right. Like, you guys will be entertained by yep. this. You need, and you need that one dude to be like, oh, you don't watch UFC? Yep. It, like, oh, I don't watch... Oh, it. you should have seen last weekend. Right. Like, you weren't watching the fight <laughs> night where it was no titles. <laughs> you, people you haven't heard of. <laughs> you weren't watching UFC 348? Right. What? And then, you, yeah, and be like, dude, it is an art form. You are not a sports <laughs> fan if you're not watching. It's more watching, Taekwondo. Right. You're not watching the human body at its <laughs> limits. All right. Whitey is a UFC guy now. We'll update you as that story progresses. But that was episode 49 of Catching yeah. a Buzz. And, and, you know, hey, let it be known. If I don't find anybody to watch it with me, I'm not going to spend 60 bucks and watch no, it by myself. So, yeah. We'll so keep next week, yeah. I might come on and be like, yeah, guys, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Not really a UFC it, it's, guy. But as long as we put that disclaimer out there, well, you're good. Yeah, okay. I've covered myself. All right. On to 50. Yep, on to 50. Uh, tell your grandma to listen. Leave the, do- leave the podcast on for your dog when you leave in the morning. Um, tell your friend named Steve to listen. I think we should just start throwing out names and see if anybody has friends like that. Yeah, if you got a buddy named Steve, he needs to listen to this one. He's going to love it. All right, Steve, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week for episode 50. Peace out.